Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. We hope you'll be encouraged to have an I'm Third approach as you navigate family, leadership, and spiritual growth. If you're new to our conversation, welcome. It's so great to have you. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. My name is Shay Robbins. I'm here with my teammate, co-host, and Canacuck's most committed harmonica player. It's Joe White. Wow. Shall I play a tune? Yes, would you? <laughs> Not today. I forgot. I didn't tell you. I didn't I didn't tell you to bring your harmonica. If That's you, my if, bad. If you can't sing, get yourself a harmonica. That's my motto. Shane. Joe, Music. how many songs do you play on the harmonica? Well, I don't know, but I do know that it's better than my singing. Much. Gotcha. What's your favorite song to play on the harmonica? How great their art. Absolutely. I wish I could play the harmonica. Let's move on. Coach. We got a big topic today. We do, Shane. Tender topic. It's super important. It's super tender. um, What we're talking today is fatherlessness. And and our heart is that this would be a call to spiritual fatherhood. Obviously, being men who work in ministry environment, it is something we're extremely sensitive to because in so many ways, we're kind of on the cleanup crew, aren't we, Coach? Yeah. For kids that are experiencing the lack of a daddy. And, and the ramifications of that, the negative ramifications are everywhere. And so we're, we're wanting to dive in that today. And I want to share just some statistics from a secular website. I, I'm not super familiar. It's no longer fatherless.org, but they simply shared some of these um, statistics that 85% of youth in prison come from fatherless homes. 71% of high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. 90% of all homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. Nearly 25 million children live without their biological dad. And 60% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. You know, that's coming from a secular standpoint. And fatherlessness is one thing. And scripturally, we know that spiritual fatherlessness is another level. And, and that's really what we want to hone in on today where there is no daddy there is spiritual fatherlessness and and in many cases where there is a daddy present that key component of a spiritual father is still lacking and so that's what we want to talk about today joe i think what's really fun is we're coming off the heels of this summer we had our inaugural launch of our father son camp and we had our who knows how many years of uh, father son retreat that we've done that we do annually Coach, talk about what you see happen in a father and son's life in those environments. Shay, we're so excited to kick off our father-son camp. Last summer, we did a pilot project, and it was really successful as fathers and sons and mentors and sons as well did father-son stuff together. And the way they bonded, the way they grew, I hope this thing explodes where we'll have countless mentors for fatherless boys and fathers and sons come out and experience a week of Canacuck together. I also want to be an encouragement today for single moms as we talk about uh, empowering dads to be spiritual dads, as we encourage and empower existing dads to become spiritual dads, We also want to give realistic rounds of applause, hugs, and affirmation to moms that are listening 
who are in homes where there's not a dad. And Shay, if it's okay, I'll start off this broadcast with a tender story. I was talking to our younger campers on a Sunday morning about God being the father to the fatherless, which we know he is, and a sweet little adopted orphan girl on the front row who I know raised her hand, and she said, what about a little girl who doesn't have a daddy's lap to crawl into? And it broke my heart, and I asked her to turn around as I ask our boy staff, how many of you would adopt this girl if you could? And every hand shot up. All these fabulous college athletes and college guys shot their hand up. I would. That's the attitude around here about bringing, you know, fatherless kids into our into our world. But I looked over my right shoulder, and outside of that little gymnasium, I saw my mom, fatherless her whole life. And yet one of the finest women that ever lived because she had a mom who buckled down and a mom who did a great job of raising her spiritually and physically and emotionally. And then I thought of my wife, also who grew up without a father, single mommies. Her father was killed when she was a four-year-old. He was a test pilot for the United States Navy. And I thought to myself, Shay, the two finest women I know— were from fatherless homes, one by death and one by abandonment, because God had become the father to the fatherless. And for all of our fatherless listeners, as we encourage you too in this broadcast, that they didn't harbor bitterness, they didn't try to make their father into somebody he wasn't or couldn't become, they let God fill that role completely. They opened the fatherless door of their heart and they let Jesus fill completely that room in their heart, which, of course, he can, and he does. He promises he will, and he did for those two dear ladies. Be encouraged as you listen, single moms, and those of you who grew up in fatherless homes, be encouraged because Jesus does fulfill all of his promises, including that one. That's right. Single moms in this podcast, we're calling in the reinforcements. There's help out there, and uh, we hope to stir them up. To do that, Joe, we got two awesome, awesome men in here to speak into the topic. Would you introduce them, please? Yeah, we do. Uh, on my right, Jake Sizelove in the broadcast. Jake is our newest camp director. He, along with Colin Sparks, directs K-Country. Uh, and boy, did they do a great job of taking care of younger kids for a week. Jake was actually an engineer as a graduate from college, but he wanted to work with kids. He was a counselor in the summer times. He wanted to come back and shed that other professional life and take on another professional life working with kids. And he crushed it this summer, as we say around here. I hear more accolades for the job Jake did with our younger one-week campers. He's an experienced dad himself because he has a daughter named Leah who's four. (laughs) <laughs> he has a, uh, a daughter named May who's 14 months, and he also has a boy born this summer on June 24th named Sam. He's married to a fabulous dear woman named Emily who we also admire. On my left is Kevin Harrison. Kevin Harrison is also assistant director at K-West, 
and he's married to a, another phenomenal Kennecuck mom, Chelsea. They've been married for 13 years. He has a little girl named Charlie, just a doll, who's 10. Maddie Mae, who's nine years old. Liam, a son who's six years old. And a little boy named Sammy, who's two years old. He also, as we say at Kennecuck Land, crushes it as a camp director. We really love Kevin with all of our heart. You think these two Sammies are going to be running together someday? Sam and Sam? Yeah, that's that's in our plan. We hope oh. to see these guys running around together. Branson Hyde. I love ready. it. Come I on. love it. That is so fun. Well, guys, you know, obviously this is a topic that is, it's just so important. And we had both of you guys in for a reason. Number one, we think you're great dads. Number two, we know that your experience in ministry and, and Kevin in particular, I think a lot about your ministry and K-Life in Kirksville and all of the kids that you interacted with. You've seen a lot of the ramifications of spiritual fatherlessness over the years, haven't you? Sure. And, and we see it, unfortunately, in three circles in which I ran around in ministry, my professional ministry, the vocational ministry that I've been involved in, K-Life, Kanakuk Ministries, the kids that God has placed us in front of. We see it there. I see it just as a member of a community. And then the third area you see it is just when you're coaching. I coach my kids in sports and, and I see it there and kids that we interact with, spend time with. And overall, I just think there is a, when a father is not present, the child has a couple decisions they have to make. They either try to grow up too fast or they're not maturing and growing up in the speed in which they're supposed to with mm. along with their peers. Yeah. Some of them it's because they've given up hope. There's no hope. Some of them feel as though it's their responsibility to be the dad figure in these fatherless homes and wherever the ministry has been, camp in Kirksville, around the city of Branson, it's so quick to pick up on. You can almost point mm -hmm. your finger at a kid and go, I bet a dad is not a part of their life. That's so true. You know, Jake, you you played college football. You've been in a lot of locker rooms. What's your sense of the fatherlessness in in those locker rooms as you look back? Man, I think just as a, it's a different perspective, I think, as I look back, because it was more just as a friend. And, and I love what Joe said earlier, because there was, I think, underneath like a, every relationship, every teammate, every circumstance was redeemable. And, uh, and you saw spiritual dad step into those places. But I also just, I think as I prepared my heart for this podcast and I just spent time in God's word, it just, it, this is so simple. This is so simple, but God gave fathers into the world to resemble him as our ultimate heavenly father. Right. And, and when you see his character, this is all through the old Testament, whether it be the Exodus, whether it be the wandering in the wilderness, whether it be I just think of David crying out in the Psalms. You just see God take the role of a protector, right? Mm -hmm. And he said, hey, David, I'm your fortress. Come under the shadow of my wing. David, trust me. Cast your anxiety upon me. Don't mm -hmm. fear. Even in the like setting an example for us, follow these steps, walk in my ways. And what I got to see was the absence of that. You know, when you take an example out of someone's life. Right. There wasn't just a void of value. There was just like a confusion. And, and this reminds me of the book of James as we were studying this summer. Like if you leave Jake to his own means, like Jake does not have wisdom within himself. Our mm -hmm. wisdom's from above. And I think that's the part that I just, I did not understand the value my dad had in my life until I 
stepped foot in a locker room with people from every type of circumstance. And I was able to look back to the example my father set for me as it laid step for me to walk in myself. Mm. Joe, I want you to speak in to the difference between, I'm going to call it a natural father. So a father who is present, but is not a spiritual leader in the home versus one that is is a, a spiritual father. What's what's the difference between the two? How does it play out in that role in a in a son or daughter's life? The first youth director I ever heard of as a young boy was a man named Cal Farley who started a boys ranch outside of Amarillo, Texas, where he took in fatherless uh, young men runaway young men, uh, teenagers, and he spiritually fathered them and was quite successful in helping those boys turn around Shay. And Shay, he said a couple of things that just put a lump back in my throat when I think about this man. He said, I never saw a boy go bad who had at least one good adult friend. And he Mm -hmm. also said, a boy is the only thing God can use to make a man. And you could hitchhike on that and say, and that's right, and a girl's the only thing God can use to make a woman. Kids are our future leaders. They're our legacy. They're our everything. And these hero moms that step in there, fill in the gaps when dad's not present, when there is no dad to be present. And then these stepdads, these spiritual leader stepdads that step in, And we have many of those listening today, and I applaud every one of you. And then these men of the community who step in and fill the role of a spiritual father. Because, Shay, you're so right. There can be a father in the home, but not present in the home. He's present in front of the television set. He's present at the golf club. Nothing wrong with golf, by the way. It's hard to be one unless your kid's by your side playing with you. (laughs) That's a good thing. But unless he's being a true present dad, present with the Bible or a heart for the Bible, present there helping scrub those teeth at night, scrub behind those dirty ears, helping tuck that boy in bed and putting Scripture into his heart before he goes to sleep, helping lead that devotional at the breakfast table or the dinner table, yeah, Shay, he can be there, but if he's not there present spiritually, not present emotionally, then that boy is going to need somebody else to pitch in and fill those gaps in his life. Kevin, I want to bounce this back to you. What are some of the perceived ramifications of spiritual fatherlessness? And again, I think about some of the boys that were across the street from the K-Life building in Kirksville that would come over and, you know, what were they up against without that role of daddy in their life? I think of a Rodney Atkins country song, been watching you and just that concept of in every young boy, there is a desire to be like their father. Hmm. And when I listen to that song, I think of Liam, I think of Sammy, I think of Maddie May, I think of Charlie and, and they, why are you doing this? Well, I've been watching you, dad. Would you and sing just, it to us? I, I would, but I'm more of a harmonica player than <laughs> oh, I am a gotcha. singer. So just want to keep that. That's a good callback. Yeah. There. I just think there is, there's that desire. And when they don't have that father figure to look to and be like, then they go to the 13-year-old, the 14-year-old 
who they then go, that guy looks cool. And then all of a sudden they find themselves in a circle of, of addiction or drug abuse or decisions because this is, I want to be like someone. Right. And when we're made in the image of God, we want to be like our father. And the, the greatest example we have is we turn to our right and our left and we're looking for dad. And when dad's not there, the ramifications from that are whatever source they're looking for in that. And in the K-Life ministry and Canacuck ministry coach, that's when I've seen Canacuck counselors step in and at the right time, but that's the guy I want to be. And there's the victory in it. Mm-hmm. That counselor that goes, that set the example. I want to be like him, talk like him, act like him. And these guys going, just follow Jesus because that's where I'm going. But unfortunately, that's not every kid's example. They're going to run off and they're going to find a peer. They're going to find someone in high school. They're going to find the, the popular or whatever it is. And they find themselves on a track towards things that lead them into um, places where they're just looking for the next thing. That didn't work. Now we're looking for whatever they can. So what I see in that is I see anger that just doesn't make sense. Just a, a outburst of anger that is just not appropriate for the situation that it's mm-hmm. in. Shows itself in something happening in the cabin and they just upset as all get out. Like what's going on? And then you start unpacking the story more and go, well, it makes sense. You're looking for an influence that isn't being met by the person who I think God's designed to be. And that's your father figure in Mm -hmm. in your life, a spiritual father figure in your life. So there's, there's addictions, there's anger issues. There's just a slowing down in in maturity. And then there's also a tension that results in just seeking it through, through girls if they have to, Mm -hmm. and they pursue relationships that they have no business being in. And often when those situations come, I'm just going, ah, a dad to be present. Um, there for him. And that's not always because there's not a dad in the home. The encouragement is that challenges me as a dad. I'm in my home. I'm striving to love these kids the way Christ has called me to love them. And as coach mentioned, how often do I want to run to something like television, but God's calling me to be faithful with those four kids in my home. Mm-hmm. Hey listeners, Shay Robbins here. If you're enjoying the podcast, we'd like to personally ask you to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. With your help, we can continue to reach more listeners. We're excited to hear from you. Please send questions to our team for a special audience Q&A recording in the future. Additionally, we're also interested to hear your suggestions for guests and topics. Send your questions and suggestions to podcast at canacuck.com. And now back to the show. Jake, I'm going to come back with another massive question, but you kind of already touched on it. Why do you think the role of father is so important? This is heavy, but I think my heart even thought of, I think first the simple statement, man, that I genuinely don't know if there's anything as discouraging as being abandoned. Like, I think that is just a state Mm. that our hearts become desperate. And I think of Jesus on the cross, when we sing these songs like, man, the father turned his face away and we read, man, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And in a way, in a moment, Jesus was abandoned as he bore our sin upon himself. Mm -hmm. And I think even more than the devastation of the physical pain he bore on the cross, there was transcendent just devastation that came with his abandonment. And Mm -hmm. I think that is on an eternal, you know, magnitude. Sure. But you take that down into human on human relationships. And when someone 
is abandoned. There's value that is just stripped. I have distinct moments as I've just gotten to parent around you guys seeing that can occur when a father leaves a family and it being a moment for a long time, but it's also a daily decision as a dad, am I going to show up as spiritual daddy today? And I remember early in my time here, this was back in February of 2022, I was talking with Joe about me parenting my oldest Leah and we were just in the season just getting into four years old and seeing her heart wrestle with like choosing sin, not just like childishness, but choosing sin. And I was frustrated because I just saw it as a reflection of my performance as a as dad, right? I just wanted to nip it in the bud and be done with it. And Joe looked at me and he said, Jake, I, I want you to know your kids will hear the words that you tell them, the truth that you speak into them. But even more than that, your daughter is watching the way you look at her. And uh, that's just been like a challenge for me as a dad. Is like a man, not only is fatherlessness a lifetime decision, like it's a day by day. Wow. Uh, how I'm showing up, how I'm loving in my home with my kiddos. That's so good. Joe, I want to bounce this over to you too. What, what would you say why the role of a father is so important? What would you add to that? Shay, I remember one time with uh, my oldest son, Brady, I was being harsh And Debbie Jo, with such wisdom, looked at me and she said, Honey, Brady sees himself in your eyes. And it, A, crushed me, and B, motivated me to change immediately. Because to answer your question, I was a reflection of himself. He felt belittled, put down, and as a dad— my job was to be his greatest fan. My job was to be his greatest encourager. My job was to be a reflection of Jesus in his life. And I was failing miserably with him. I'm thankful that that word of wisdom began to enact change in my life. I'm thankful by the grace of God that that young man and our best friends to this day. But Shay, the, the magnitude of what I as a dad need to be, am supposed to be, better be to my children from the time they're born until the time I'm laid to rest. It's so big that I hope this broadcast is screaming to all dads that are listening and all men that are in the community of boys, their nieces, their nephews, their grandkids, their your son's fatherless buddies, their whatever. All of us have got this gigantic role to be to the children around us the best reflection of Jesus we can possibly be, the best cheerleaders that young man could possibly have in his life. Obviously, everybody sitting at this table is a huge fan of moms, right? (laughs) (laughs) We all came from one. We're all fortunate enough to be married to one. You know, moms are the, the superheroes of our culture. But there's clearly some things that dads bring to the table, some roles that are specifically unique. I'd love to highlight those so that we have an eye for perhaps what those kids either in our home or out in our community are really lacking. What is it that dads uniquely bring to the table? Shay, I I can't help but think that as I look at the role I play as dad for, for my girls, it, it's that I'm setting the example for my girls of what it means to have affection from, from a male and from a male influence. I dread the day, but I look forward to the day when Maddie, Mae, and Charlie find someone that they'll spend the rest of their life with. And I want them to be able to look back and say, 
I was looking for someone who, who encouraged me, who valued me, and who spoke beauty over mm. me. They're not missing that. In fact, that whatever guy's going to take on that role is going to have a hard time because I have done that for them. And I've set the example high of what, right. that, of what that looks like. So that's where I think I go with, with my daughters. And then when it comes to, to my boys, it's setting the example. And it all begins with this, is that if you are going to be grow up to be a man, you have to be a man of God first. Mm. It's where it all begins. And so it all begins with asking my son, what's it mean to be a man of God? It means to be God first, other second, and I'm third. That's, that's one of our things before we go to bed every night with Liam. What's it mean to be a man of God? It's, he's God first. Other second, and I'm third, and I go, that's great. And he goes, then we look out for the interests of others. Yes. And I go, what's a man of God to eat? And he says, meat. And so um, <laughs> that's, you know, just kind of like setting that trajectory of begins with being a man of God. And so when they wake up in the morning, do they find me? Are they, do they ever see me engaging with the word of God? Do they ever see me growing as a man of God? What do they see when I interact with people in the community? Do they see me sharing Jesus with others? And I think that as a dad, that's one of the roles I get to play. Mm. Is, this is what you want to strive to become. I have to be that example for them. Sure. Love that. And they need their dad to love their mama. One of the greatest qualities of my dad was the way he cherished my mom. I never heard my dad say anything negative about my mom, ever. And I saw that man write my mom love notes almost every single morning before he went off to work. He adored my mom. Jake, what would you add? This has just been on my heart in this season. So it's not the superior one. It's not the only one. I think Joe's story even testifies to it. I think of Jesus and when he speaks to his followers and he says, man, even a bad father, when his children asks for bread or when he asks for a fish, he doesn't give them a snake, right? And I think in that, the Lord has just been reminding me he delights in his children and he delights in giving good things to his children. And so just undertone in everything I do, I want my children to know that not only do I love them, but I take I just take joy in them. And I want my willingness to go out of my way to set them up for not just worldly success, but just success in their pursuit of the Lord mm. is my greatest ambition. You know, like that's just a, I want that to be the testament of my life, that the love for the Lord that's in my heart just overflows and how I treat them on a daily basis. That's so good. You know, one of the things that I, I thought is worthy of touching on in this conversation is that just the power of family heritage. There are things that I would say just hallmarks in a family that are passed down from one generation to the next. And they are just as easily negative things or as they are positive things. You see even, you know, like alcoholism is passed on from one generation to the next. Ward Weeby is going to be on our next podcast. And you look at the generations of Weeby men that are godly, calm, steadfast, proverbial leaders. It's just generation after generation of Weebies, it's this consistency. And so there's just this spiritual momentum that goes from one generation to the next that a daddy's responsible for. It's part of our paternal role within our families. And for those that are establishing the role, it's awesome. They can break generations of dysfunction. And through Jesus, you see that happening all the time. 
a family's generational story being rewritten because a man gives his heart to Christ and steps up as a spiritual father in his family. We also get to play that role spurring on, you know, a young man out in the community to say, hey, you get to be the one that rewrites the books of the the generations that go before you that carry your family name. Jake, I'm going to bounce back to you, and I really just would love for you to share your story about Bo. You know, Joe talked about your growing family. You lost a son not so long ago, and I'd love for you to just to share the story and just the value of being a daddy, having to walk through tremendous loss. Joe shared three of my kiddos, Leah, May, and Sam, and actually in between Leah and May, we had a baby boy named Bo Michael Sizelove, his middle name Michael, is after my dad and after his super cool uncle that works at KKY as a director, Michael Sloan. And part of Bo Michael's story was he only lived for six weeks. Uh, He was born June 5th, 2020, and he passed away July 18th, 2020. And he just, this is going to be kind of quick hyperspeed, but he, he passed away from SVT, which is pronounced supraventricular tachycardia, and it's it's a heart arrhythmia. And so all that means is is simply that his heart started to beat at a way faster rate than it was meant to, and they, and doctors just couldn't get it to slow down until his heart gave out. I mean, the Lord's hand was with us in every step of this, but the things that I look back that are just important for context is when Bo passed away, it was it was sudden, it was unknown, it was nowhere on our radar, and in the span of about Six hours, we went from a very normal morning in the size of home where I'm just patting him on my chest to leaving Children's Hospital in Springdale, Arkansas without the son that we brought in, (laughs) which is just, that's like, that is a heavy feeling that I will never forget. And parents that are just, you you know, when you got a newborn baby, you carry that baby everywhere with you. And, And we didn't get to take him out that day. And not only were Emily and I, we were broken, we were hurting, but I've always just voiced trial as this fork in the road. Like there was no ability for our relationship with God, our faith and trust in God to stay neutral. Like we either had to double down and say, God, even in this, we're going to trust you and seek you. Or this is the point where we got to take take a hard left and we're out. I think for me to most practically tie that part of my testimony into this podcast is to say, when we leaned in, the Lord met me. And it was different for me, for my wife. But I think the biggest burden that I had on my heart was that my son's life was meaningless, that our relationship was meaningless, right? Like six weeks, I'd I'd just gotten within the last three days before he passed away, I'd seen his first smile, right? And I just started to see the eye contact, but I never knew his personality, never got to say the words, dad, dad, and it hurt me. It just felt like there was meaningless in that. And over time, uh, I want to read a verse here. One, there's <laughs> there a verse in Psalm 119 that says, man, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. And I just found that as we were hurting, God's word was just a foundation for us. And this was one verse among many that was such a um, source of peace for us. It's Psalm 139, 16. And it's just a promise. God just tells this people, All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Um, So this is actually the psalmist speaking. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And the Lord just over, it wasn't in a minute, it was over months. The Lord spoke to my heart, Jake, every millisecond of your son Bo's life had purpose. Every minute 
hour you got with him and every minute and hour after he's, he's coming to be with me, I have purpose in. And as the Lord taught my soul, just in that relationship with Bo alone, that his life had purpose. I mean, even as a family, we uh, beside, literally on my nightstand table right now is a jar of rocks. We we call them Bose ripples. This idea that when you throw a rock into a lake, you get to see the ripples that come as effect. And and so our family just made a practice of when we see Bose testimony of his life have ripple effects and purpose in this world, we're going to write him down to testify to God's faithfulness. Mm. And so Oof. in that, like God taught me Bose life. In six weeks, he has changed my life. This isn't like he has changed my life more than any other person. And and the Lord's built on that to say, man, Jake, in every child that I give you before, this is just true in scripture, before the foundation of the world, I've had that same purpose in every one of your children. It's just elevated the sense of calling for me as a dad to say, man, with every day I get with my kiddos, I want to, one, proclaim the goodness of the Lord. And I want to, like Kevin said earlier, make sure that that more than the investments I make in my work, more than the investments I'm, I, friendships are amazing, but children are gifts from the Lord to be stewarded well. And my hope is that my testimony at the end of my days is that I was a dad who loved and modeled an example of faithfulness to his kids. Jake, thank you so much for sharing that. I think you can add a rock to the jar, my hmm. man. Yeah. I want to thank you, our listening audience, for sharing your time with us today. We hope today's conversation serves to fuel your I'm Third approach to family, leadership, and spiritual growth. And with that, I'd love to pray for you. Father, we just, we thank you for Bo Michael Size Love's life and the massive ripple effects that it has had and will continue to have. I pray that, that some of those ripple effects would be our listeners being moved to be spiritual fathers in the lives of kids, need that role filled in their life, whether it's in our home or in our community, and may it be credited to Bo Michael's account. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope today's conversation left you encouraged, strengthened, and empowered. If you haven't had a chance, please subscribe to our podcast today to stay up to date with the latest episodes. If this podcast has helped you in any way, please consider rating us, writing a review, or sharing it with others so we can continue to build you up with an I'm Third approach to family, leadership, and spiritual growth. For more information about the podcast, visit canacuckpodcast.com. And for more information about Canacuck, you can visit canacuck.com. Thank you.